Hello and welcome to the next episode of Next Gen. I'm excited to be here with you again. I'm your host, uh, Andrew Pratt. And today I'm going to dig into a topic that might be a little bit, not controversial, but tough. It's a bit heavy, but we're not going to go too heavy with it. Um, I just really want to start this conversation. So the question I want to get into today is, does our church even matter in today's society? And we're going to do it by digging through two questions. So we're going to start um, off with our first question, which is... um, Oh, there we go. Which is, is church important to you? Why or why not? And then our second question is going to be, does church still have a place in society? So our society is moving at a faster pace today than ever before. As I watch society changes so quickly that our churches cannot keep up. And I don't think our church is able at this point in time to stay relevant in this society. So, what do we do? How do we make these changes? And how are people starting to feel about our church in light of some major social issues? Uh, one current one is Israel is the Israel Folau saga, who is a rugby union player in Australia. I uh, made some comments that he quote misquote proof texted the Bible is probably the best way uh, to try and say that gay people will be going to hell, and. That stirred up a bit of anger amongst our, our society here in Australia. And his contract's been torn up. He uh, just recently, just today, um, as I'm releasing this podcast and recording it, he has had his GoFundMe page shut down where he's been trying to fundraise money for his legal fees, even though he's got like a $9 million empire uh, in terms of his real estate. So he doesn't really need the money. Um, in many ways, many people think he's just chasing the money. And when you couple that with the um, institutional sex abuse uh, issues within Australia and the world, um, as much as you hate it, it's a thing. It happens. Um, just like any other humans, people within the Christian church are sinners. And I've just been trying to process all of this and what does it mean for our church? How am I meant to do ministry with this paradigm happening around me when I go and meet with someone? Sure, it provides conversation, but it also provides difficulty. How am I meant to be relevant and be real to people when what their image of the church is tainted by all these things? And the church hasn't really helped itself because I don't believe that we as an Adventist church and a Christian church have been able to stay relevant in our society today. And relevance is a bit of a weird word, but we might unpack that later on. But the first question, is church important to you? Why, why not? And the first response I got in a Facebook group that I'm in, uh, which was actually from my dad, Darren Pratt, shout out, we're going to start a podcast soon, aren't we? The Soapbox, stay tuned. Um, And he said, church is important as long as it makes a difference. It's important. And he kind of answered the second question as well. But he said, if the church in its community was to disappear tomorrow and no one in that community missed them, then the church is not doing things right. Church is important when it makes a difference. And I've been in church communities where there's been real differences made and the local community around them really loves the church and really needs the church. But I've also been in communities where it's the opposite of that. And if the church the church would disappear and no one would care... Um, and 
Um, other, another response I got to this question was somewhat, um, that the church is important to them. Uh, but you'll hear this person also note, which I really liked, is that anything a church claims to offer, like community, it can be found elsewhere. So the church doesn't have anything special. I mean, there's plenty of other places to go for community. There's a reason that places have pubs. There's a reason that places have clubs. There's a reason that places have all these different things that provide a community of people together. So that is that's really interesting, isn't it? Like we've got to remember that our church is sure we've got the Bible and we've got Jesus, and that's special. But at the core of it, it's relationship. And if our relationships are failing, church is no longer important to people. Another person said yes and no. Um, it's important, but also not important to them. And I've, I've also noticed that we find church unimportant when church becomes an exclusive club. For example, with the Israel for Lauer issue that I mentioned just before, he was trying to make church exclusive. When church is never exclusive, church is about including as many people as possible. It's a community. It's a group of people worshipping together. It's an assembly of people being together for God. When it becomes something that is exclusive and excludes people based on race, uh, sexual orientation, gender, or anything else, it's no longer a community. It's a bunch of people excluding themselves from the rest of the community. And I think we've got to remember that, is that we are a, a group of people and church encompasses much more than just what we can, might consider the corporate church. Church can be whatever you need it to be. Um, I mean, after all, in the Bible it does says, wherever two or more are gathered in my presence, I'll be there. Jesus turns out when we're gathered together, church isn't just a building. Church is the community. And we've said that time and time and time again. I'm pretty sure we've covered that extensively. And I'm, I'm, I'm really starting to wonder what, what this might mean for our future generations in the fact that our church is starting to not be important to people because they can obtain what they can at church elsewhere. I mean, many churches are places where there's hurt, there's anger, there's disagreements, like any group of people. But for some reason, our churches have become exclusive, when our churches should never, ever, ever be a place that is exclusive. And I think that we are setting a dangerous precedent by becoming exclusive. What does that mean for our future? Are we just going to be a bunch of people judging the world? Which I think in many communities this has already occurred. I've seen some church communities where all they do is say how bad the world is around them rather than actually getting out there and trying to change it like the Great Commission calls us to do. So is church important to you? You, if you're listening to this, I'd love it if you can answer these questions as well. Is church important to you? Why and why not? For me, let's talk about me and church. Church is important to me for a number of reasons. Number one, well, this isn't the best reason. I actually get paid by working for the church. So the institution itself um, gives me money for the work that I do, the ministry that I do, which is wonderful because it means that I can follow my calling and my passion and get paid for it. Like, who wouldn't want that? That's amazing. But... The church community, why is it important to me? It's important to me because it provides me with a place that I can go no matter what and know that I'm accepted. 
Sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes I'm not accepted. But as a general rule, usually, I'm pretty well accepted whenever I need this community. It's a great support network. Um, it empowers me to go out and serve my community. Uh, it helps feed me spiritually. I get to fellowship with people that are not like me. There's so many reasons to just add together that just make it a place that I feel loved. But at the same time, there's also church communities that are the opposite of that. And that is a sad reality that we have to face, is that many churches and the church as a whole is no longer being important in people's lives. It used to be once upon a time that everyone would go to church, whether they were Christian or not. In fact, it was just a community place. It was a hub for the community. But for some reason, we now like to lock the community out of our church buildings. For whatever reason, and I don't think there's a reason that's good enough, for doing that. We should not be locking the community out of our church buildings. We should be opening our church buildings up so the community is constantly in them and they become a place for the community. And that might mean knocking down churches and rebuilding to refocus even the building towards the community and not the church towards itself. Uh, one of my churches, um, without saying too much, their building isn't really welcoming to the community, and that's okay. We're going to work together and turn it into a place that is welcoming for the community. We're making steps already. You're making wonderful progress. Um, my other church, the community is constantly using that building, which gives me natural contacts for building a greater community within the church and growing that church uh, when I have time to get there. But it's a really good good space, and, and the hall is built for the community. It's open. They have ukulele groups. They have uh, meals. They have um, a dance group that comes in. There's constantly people from the community familiar with the church building, and it has relevance for them because we provide a space where they can meet in their own communities as well, which then creates this wonderful network of support, of care, of love, and of a place of vulnerability. And... I guess that we have come to a place where the church community has lost their way and they're no longer relevant. And that ties into our second question. Our second question is, does church still have a place in society? And um, one of these people on this thread answered with this. And I'm just going to read it, and I think it hits home. Um, he said... And he said this, he said, There was a time when church dominated politics and held a respected place in society. It does seem that that past influence is waning. This question interests me, and I'm particularly interested in answers that um, will come from pastors. Those the church places as the interface with social and political structures. And I'm a pastor. I'm at the interface of social and political structures. I meet with some local politicians. And I think the church has reached a point where we are no longer reaching either social or political structures for a number of reasons. Because we have no longer placed ourselves where the vulnerable are. Where the church has become afraid of the vulnerable because it might make us vulnerable. We're afraid of vulnerability. Um, Brené Brown is one of my favourite authors and my, one of my favourite speakers. And her entire thing is about vulnerability. But I found whenever I'm vulnerable with my church community, they're afraid of my vulnerability. And then they're afraid of getting vulnerable with me. Maybe we're just afraid of being real. We're afraid of having faults. And I think that we as a church have reached a point where having a fault 
is the worst thing that is possible that, that could happen to us. And I, 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 I said myself to, to that. I said the interface of social and political structures is one area that our church is failing at. You just look at the Falau saga. Half our members and clergy are like, "Yes, go Israel," and the rest of us are sitting here like, "Ah, uh, that doesn't really help us here." It doesn't help us reach people. All it does is distance us from the realities of our community. It distances us from what's actually happening. If we're going to reach people, even if just in Australia, if we're going to reach people here in Australia, which is becoming a, a secular country, we've just got to get real with our community and say, hey, we stuffed up here. What can we do to make you feel welcome? What can we do to be real with you, to be authentic? And... Our church is quiet on so many social and political issues now because we, as I said before, are afraid of getting it wrong. But I'd much rather we get it wrong than do nothing at all. I'd much rather us get it wrong and say, hey, we stuffed up, let's keep on getting better, than to have a fear of failure. Our church in many ways has a fear of failure. And I'm saddened by that because by having a fear of failure, we're afraid to do anything. Someone else answered, answered question number two, and they said, potentially, potentially, as any for still relevant, the church needs to be more community-focused, including speaking in a secular language. We often use our own jargon, but we need to start speaking in a secular language. We need to embrace some secular cultural norms at times, utilize secular language sources of inspiration. All of this needs to be underpinned through friendship and community. There needs to be a less less focus on mind-numbing traditional church services, perhaps focus more on outings, events, meeting in each other's homes, meeting in places where people are. It needs to be less hierarchical and, and it needs to be decentralized so that it's more dynamic and fluid with the capacity to take on the form and shape of the community in which it exists. Your church needs to fit to your community. If your church doesn't fit to your community, you're just an exclusive group of people meeting together, speaking into each other's echo chamber. In the last podcast, I talked about getting out of your echo chamber. But let's get out of our echo chambers as a church because our churches are in their own echo chambers and it's really sad because they're just dwindling away and getting old. Um, There's a, a church life cycle and some of the churches that I've been ministering to they're stagnating or dying out because they have failed to have vision and mission and they've failed to reach out towards the community. And by doing that, they're dying out. They're dwindling away. They're no longer going to exist in five years or even less unless they really get real with themselves right now. And they are starting to. And people are starting to realize, hey, we are struggling and that's okay. Let's get better. So, um, I guess the next question is we need to put it in practice for the next generation and for now. So, how do we do that? How do we change right now? Because change is hard. Changing is something that people don't like doing. Change is... Change is messy. And I think that our church is afraid of getting messy. Uh, Getting messy is... Getting messy means getting things wrong. Getting messy means failing. Getting messy means change. And I don't think our church is one that change is a good thing. Change is often seen as a negative. But we need to learn to flip that on our heads. And so many people say this time and time again, but no one has put it into practice. Very few communities have put it into practice. So what does putting our 
how, how, how does putting this into practice look like? What does it look like? And I, I personally think it looks like a community where relationship is valued, where individuals are valued, where failures are okay, where change is celebrated, and where the community is the first thought of every single member. The community should be our number one priority. It should be community first, congregation last. You got that? Community first, congregation last. But there is hope, and we are changing, and we're growing, and um, there are countries where we are very, very relevant. But in Australia, sadly, our relevance is dwindling away because we haven't been at the front of our social issues, which then therefore means we can't be at the front of the political issues. If we aren't at the front of the social conversation, the political conversation does not listen to our voice. If we want to be heard, we've got to get real with society and say, hey, we've failed. What can we do to make it better? What can we do to help you? What can we do to be with you in your struggle? How can we support you? And once we do that, the political conversation takes care of itself because our social conversation speaks into the political conversation. Uh, I've heard some people going, oh, no, the the politics of the day are, are against our church. No, the society of the day has forgotten our church. The society of today has forgotten our church. And I'm afraid that we are, we're, we're forgetting all of this. But when you look at growing, there's a book called Growing Young. I've referenced it, referenced it before. I've referenced it before. There are, there are six core commitments in Growing Young. I'm just going to really find them because um, having those six core commitments is essential. Um to every single church. So, um, Growing Young was written by Cara Powell um, and Blake Mulder, Jake Mulder, Blake Mulder, Jake Mulder, and a few other people at the Fuller Youth Institute, um, which is based in the United States. They're both a research group and they're a um, a, a a uni group. And they what they do is they research and they write articles and books uh, speaking into our churches of today and where our youth are today and where we're going to go in the future and what we need to do to encourage young people to stay in the church. So these are six essential strategies to help young people discover and love our church. You got that? That's six core commitments um, that help young people to grow into our church and love our church. So number one, we've got to unlock keychain leadership. We've got to empower young people to have a go and let loose with their creativity and know that failure is okay. Number two, we're going to empathize with today's young people rather than judging or criticizing. Our churches are so quick to judge and criticize. We judge and criticize straight away. It's the first thing that many people do. But we've got to empathize. We've got to be with them. Sit in that mess. Be okay with that mess. And let the judgment and the criticization go. We don't need that. Three, take Jesus' message seriously and invite people to a Jesus-centered life. We need to avoid focusing on abstract beliefs, formulaic claims, as well as moralistic therapeutic deism. That's a, that's a, that's a lot. I could do a whole podcast on that itself. But we're going to keep on moving. We're gonna, we need to fuel a warm community. Peer and intergenerational friendships are more important than cool programs. You get that? Peer and intergenerational friendships are more important than cool programs.
Five, we're going to prioritize young people and their families everywhere. Involve and support them generously. Six, be the best neighbors. Invite young people to join in with neighborhood mission. There's um, a chapter on each core commitment, and I'll leave a link in the in the show notes to um, the um, Growing Young website where everything is, and there's also another book called Sticky Faith that came before it. And here, in that space, is is really our issue. That's how we be relevant. Those six core commitments are how we be relevant. So they were unlock keychain leadership, empathize with today's young people, take Jesus' message seriously, fuel a warm community, prioritize young people, and be the best neighbors. If we can do those, we're already on the road to growing our community into a vibrant, warm place. And I'm so looking forward to that. That's really in stark contrast. It's just started pouring down outside. You might be able to hear that. Absolutely bucketing. So uh, blessing, so blessed because we need the rain up here. Our farmers are, have been really struggling, so I'm so glad we got the rain. I don't care if it creates static in the back of the podcast. But they are some of the key core commitments, and I'm so thankful that I've got a an online community that has helped me with this discussion, to grow in this discussion, and to kind of get there in understanding um, where we're going as a church. So thank you to um, SDA People's Voice Group. There's a whole heap of us on there that discuss everything. Sometimes not very well, but we, we really try to discuss things robustly and to unpack our faith and where we're going with our faith. Um, and yeah, um, I, I'm excited for where church is going, but we've all got to take change seriously. We've all got to take what's going to happen seriously. We've all got to take our community seriously. We've got to really dig deep into that and be okay with being wrong. So give me those. Give me your answer to those two questions um, at my Facebook page, which is Andrew Pratt Online Ministry, um, and um, maybe we can have a, a deeper discussion there, and you can have a look at some of my, my other ministry ideas as well. So um, yeah. Um, so there's two questions. Uh, one is church important to you? Why? Why not? And two, does church still have a place in society? Fire back at me. Let's have a discussion. Let's work out where we're going. And maybe in the next podcast, we will formulate an actual physical plan for what we're going to do. Uh, so thank you so much for listening to this episode, guys. Uh, don't forget to leave a review. Maybe even share it if you enjoyed it. Uh, I'm getting better and better. I, I hope. And uh, yeah. I will catch you guys all in the next one.